0: All right, everybody, welcome to the AgView Pitch. Joe Vaclavik filling in for uh, Chris here today. We are at the AgView Solutions Executive Business Conference here in Florida, and I am with Scott Kosaski. Scott, thank you. Thank you, Joe, glad to be here. Scott, I'm reading through your uh, biography here that I think uh, you had written. You are a tech the, the guy. The
1: longest biography here at the show yeah, is I, almost four pages.
0: It's good, though, because this gives me... Would you me, read it word for word? Um, yeah. I, no, I won't. Um, All right. It's really, this is uh, super interesting, though. So you're a tech guy. You've been involved in, it sounds like, tech, would you call them tech startups or tech businesses um, over the years? Several of them? Yeah.
1: I did, uh, I've did. i done a number
0: of software companies, kind yeah. of one after another for about 20, 25 years. So when you say one after another, you'd start a tech company, you'd sell it, you'd still, you're still on the board, you're still active, you're not active... You know I was kind of a build and flip guy.
1: I mean, my specialty was seeing a hole in the market or something that needed to be built and mm-hmm. I would build it, usually for around 5 years or so yeah. and then sell it and then start something else and uh, and strangely across different industries as well.
0: Yeah, so the tech that you have been involved in is not agricultural in nature necessarily, yet you're here speaking for a group of farmers.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, everything that I did was in other industries. Uh, however, I live in Oklahoma. Uh, you know, had had a ranch and you know did things with livestock, and then I started getting asked to speak at this intersection of kind of technology yeah. and ag along the way, and then now I do a lot
0: of work in the ag space. Yeah, technology and agriculture. Um, the, the advances that we've seen and that are ongoing are just phenomenal. And I don't farm, but I see what goes on and I hear what goes on. I mean, everything from irrigation pivots that can be run from your cell phone to you know tractors that drive themselves. Um, what are some of the things that you are looking at or you think are inevitable in terms of, of technology and agriculture? You also mentioned people in, in this also and that that's going to be an issue in the future.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's take both of those. Uh, first of all, the we'll, we'll go backwards. The first comment or the last comment that you made about people, we're in there's ag. There's a shortage of people. There's a shortage of people. Especially that, in ag. Yeah. That that's, That is one aspect is, uh, all right, well, uh, technology has a way of being able to take over lots of things that human beings did, both yeah. physical work and decision making. So when you have a lack of people... Technology naturally should grow Japan is a perfect example mm-hmm. If you wonder why we have so many robots in Japan they have the more robots per capita than any other country Yeah, it's because they got a shortage of people. Yeah, All right, so that, that's an aspect. I think another aspect of technology and people is uh, Our technology is outgrowing our people's ability to use it And so more and more what I'm having to do with organizations is if you want to be good with technology We got to get your people up to speed because mm-hmm. you got a lot of power you just don't have people that can use the power. And so that's the reason we have to talk about people and technology. Your first question about what interests me today uh, around farming and ag operations and technology, I'm getting more and more interested in the application of just machine intelligence in general, everything from AI to robotics to machine learning and uh, for, for the reasons that you said, you know, A, we're gonna have to continue to replace human labor and drive costs down. Uh, but even on the decision-making side, you know, the, the decisions that a farmer needs to make are getting more and more critical, more and more variables, uh, and this plays perfectly in what AIs are excellent at doing.
0: I've heard more about AI in the mainstream media probably just in these last maybe six months than I ever have, like ChatGPT, here's ChatGPT, it, it can pass the bar exam. I mean, we're headed towards something like that in, in the future, are we heading toward Tractors that don't need a person in the cab to I mean everything everything's up for grabs. It's, it's all inevitable
1: It seems like. Yeah, well, I do I do some work for John Deere and so I'm kind of well aware of where John Deere's heading and yeah, you're absolutely Where are they heading? They're heading into saying too much. a huge amount of machine intelligence built yeah. into the equipment uh, Not to just make the equipment autonomous, you know, mm-hmm. but to make the equipment intelligent and to gather huge amounts of data from the equipment yeah. Uh, they're already that, doing that. Yeah. More. But they're doing it. We're not processing it nearly as well as we need to process yeah, it. Yeah. Data's
0: goal is in agriculture and in everything else. But
1: Right. But that's why you need the AI. on the other side of that. Mm. And you're right. AI has exploded. I heard somebody said the other day, I thought it was pretty accurate, that AI has now seen its iPhone moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, The iPhone came out and it just completely blew up and legitimized the whole smart device uh, market. Yeah. Same thing with AI. You're right. ChatGPT, GPT e Midjourney. Uh, you know all the generative AIs that have come mm-hmm. out now. Uh, you know they've really made people understand. I think the power of what an
0: AI engine can do. So if you're a farmer, you're listening to this right now, and most of, of Chris's audience, as far as I'm aware, they're farmers in the Midwest or in the United States or maybe overseas. But is there anything that that people listening here? can do to get, say, a head start on this thing? It's, it's inevitable, but, but what does it mean for, for these people today? Is there any is there any steps that um, a listener or viewer should be taking that maybe is gonna put them ahead of, of their competition?
1: Yeah, well, well, two things right off that I think are just foundational. One is, I think farmers have to build a really good river of information. Like, they gotta be reading the right things. Uh, there's a lot of information that comes out every day on technology, mm-hmm. and if you don't spend 15, 20 minutes a day consuming the information about what's coming out with technology, mm-hmm. you immediately fall behind. It's hard to make good decisions. You're not even aware of what is out now. Yeah. So I think you've got to
0: build a good river of information. And that's not just ag technology. I mean, that's technology in general because it's all exactly. going to make its way into agriculture. It,
1: exactly. It's just, you know, what are the
0: podcasts you're listening
1: to? What are the blogs you're reading? And don't don't just get myopic and only read ag things. I mean, you got to have a good technology river of information coming in. I think that's really important.
0: And you have then, a podcast, I believe it's set on here, is that correct? Yeah. Do a quick pitch for your podcast.
1: Yeah, it's called uh, The Digital Optimist. You can get it at my website, which is klozowski.com. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, it's a very thought leading podcast about new types of technology and why they're gonna be good for the world.
0: Check that out guys, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think what else we could uh, talk about here real quickly. So you're gonna talk for the group, um, Today, I believe you said right. So yes. we're here. We're here in Florida. It's last week in January. Um, what's What's going to be if If there were, say, two or three big take homes from the speech you're going to give here for this group, uh, what would you say they'd be? Uh, I think one One takeaway
1: is to really focus on the integration of humans and technology. You know, not just let's buy more. Let's buy good technology. Mm-hmm. It's that now we gotta We gotta improve the human's ability to be good with the technology. We've got to integrate these two things. I think that's important. I think the other thing will just be some of the things I say that are high beam and like mm-hmm. what's coming next. Like, these are the things to get on your radar and start looking for these things built into tools you can buy.
0: Mm-hmm. The future um, is scary sometimes to a lot of people. And I think that, like, if you're not somebody like yourself who's in the know when it comes to technology, the idea of artificial intelligence or the idea of being a little bit less hands on when it comes to everything from operating farm equipment to like financial type items. Um, it can be, do you, do you find that for people who aren't in the know, is that something that's a scary prospect? It I kind think, of is for me, I think.
1: I think so. I think there's a, there's a, a little bit of that is letting go. I mean, letting go yeah. of things you had control over mm-hmm. uh, and allowing technology to make its own decisions mm-hmm. you know, or to do things. If you ask any audience, how many people here would buy a fully autonomous car if we took a steering wheel and the pedals out of it? And you got in and just said, take me there, and it would take you there. Now, legitimately, a lot of people should say that would be fantastic. Yeah. But they won't because they want control over the car. And I think that's, that's just what's scary for people is we, we're used to making our own decisions, doing our own work with our own hands or controlling things. Technology is going to offer us an opportunity to let it control things. It can make our lives better. But it's gonna scare people.
0: Part of the task that the businesses that are developing these technologies are gonna have is is user adoption, like convincing users that this is the right thing. Like Henry Ford invents the car. He says if I asked people what they wanted, they would have set a faster horse, right? Like this is kind of the same thing. Like people don't know that they want it, but they probably will want it, like at the end of the day. It's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be something that'll make whatever it is, whether it's AI or automated, whatever, I mean it's gonna make lives easier and businesses easier.
1: Yeah. We've pushed against technology progress in the early days for 50 years. I mean, it's just something that we do. Uh, and, you know, perfect example, autonomous vehicles. One killed somebody in, uh, in Arizona yeah. and everyone lost their minds. Every day, a hundred drunk drivers kill people. Every day. Yeah. And nobody's worried about that but autonomous car one time kills somebody, right? Or Tesla's had, you know, a handful of people that put it on autopilot and then there was a wreck. We always fight against technology in the early days and then we figure out the convenience or safety or whatever else, you know, convenience, and then we adopt it.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be an interesting, um, is it five years, is it 10 years? This is gonna be changing constantly and probably much quicker than most people would think. So I typically tell people the digital transformation, <coughs> that concept,
1: the digital transformation will be from 2000 to 2050, all right? If you think about a 50-year sweep, that's about what uh, the combustion engine was from 1900 to 1950. So we're in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. And, and so and some would argue the
0: innovation speeding up a little bit, so you know, we got a ways to go. Yeah. Hey Scott, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast here. I know Chris wanted me to mention to thank Corteva for uh, sponsoring this. Um, I'm going to be speaking tomorrow. You're speaking today. Um, we'll see you guys from Florida. See ya.